on-demand coverage. This is the PFT PM Podcast. And now, your host, Mike Florio. It's Friday, February 9, PFT PM. It will not be a one-hour podcast today because I don't have an hour. This is the best way to keep it manageable. Schedule to start it at a time that gives me limited time, and time is limited. Let's get right to it. There isn't a lot to talk about today. First Friday in a long time, we haven't had football games coming up on Sunday, if we include the weekend that had the Pro Bowl. That was the day the XFL made itself known, so we had plenty to talk about then. We have a lot to talk about thanks to what ultimately was actual fake news, as opposed to the knee-jerk reaction fake news that we now hear whenever someone hears something they don't like. Hashtag fake news is the modern-day equivalent of plugging your fingers in your ears and saying, la, 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 I'm not listening. Real fake news is rare. Real fake news happened on Friday, thanks to the Boston Herald and Ron Borges. The story that arose from someone texting him and claiming to be Don Yee, the agent who represents both Jimmy Garoppolo and Tom Brady. Now, how did this person get Ron Borges' number? He put it on Twitter. Free advice for anyone in the media whose phone number ends up on Twitter. Number one, don't put your phone number on Twitter. Number two, if it's on Twitter accidentally, delete the tweet. Number three, if you don't delete the tweet, get a new phone number. Number four, if you don't get a new phone number, you've accidentally tweeted your number and you haven't deleted the tweet, be skeptical when someone not in your contacts contacts you and says, hello, it's me. Skepticism was completely and totally absent for Ron Borges. He was so intent on getting a scoop, so intent on beating others to the punch, so intent on rushing to print with a bombshell story that made the Patriots look bad, that he applied no common sense, no curiosity, and now he has no job, at least temporarily. He's been suspended by the Boston Herald pending further review. I don't know what further review they need other than to get the approval of the person who makes a decision on hiring and firing. This was bad. It really was. And look, here's how it works. Let me peel back the curtain a little bit. It's not all that hard to understand what a site does that does both aggregation and original content. There's a lot of people out there who would like to demean us by saying we never have anything original. We have plenty of original things. I don't need to list them. We have plenty of original things. We also try to put an original spin on as much news as we can, not just passing it along, but telling you what it means. For example, Adam Schefter of ESPN managed to get the full contractual details for the Jimmy Garoppolo deal. He didn't explain them. He just spat them out. We take them and we explain them. We try to add value by providing context, analysis, and explanation. I provided explanation of the Ron Borges story. I was skeptical of the Ron Borges story, even if it were from real Don Yee, not fake Don Yee, that he got the text. And Ron Borges should have been not just skeptical, but curious. When Don Yee texts you and says, Tom Brady is going to stay away from the offseason program unless he gets a contract with upfront money similar to Jimmy Garoppolo, your first question, if you pay any attention to this business, is what the hell is upfront money? Because nobody in this business uses the term upfront money. That is a metric that you never hear. Look at any contract we have ever analyzed in the history of the site. Upfront money has not become one of the standard bases for evaluating a deal. 
Signing bonus is the upfront money. Roster bonuses, fully guaranteed in the first year, is the upfront money. Fully guaranteed money at signing, no matter which year it comes out, that's part of the upfront money. That's the upfront commitment that's being made by the team. Upfront money isn't a thing. And even then, I'm not saying that Ron Borges should have said, this may be a fake, because who uses upfront money? What I'm saying is Ron Borges should have said, can you be more specific? What does he want? What is the upfront money in Jimmy Garoppolo's deal? No one knew what the upfront money was. All we knew was 137.5 over 5, 74 million in guarantees, and we know that that doesn't mean anything because that doesn't tell you what's fully guaranteed at signing. And a payout of what Shefty said on Thursday was 90 million over 3 years, it's more like 86 over 3. But the upfront money we don't know. We don't know what that we don't, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey fake Don Yee, tell me what you mean. Borges just wanted to write the story and push the story and publish the story and beat someone to the punch. He specifically mentioned Peter King. It'd be nice if I get one for a change instead of Peter King. And yes, we are that petty. Yes, we are. So it blew up in Borges' face. He's been suspended. And I raised the question today, should he be fired? That's for the Boston Herald to decide. Should the Hall of Fame revoke his vote? That's for the Hall of Fame to decide. Should the Associated Press take away his spot as one of the 50 who decides on the off uh, the postseason awards? That's for the AP to decide. As far as ProFootballTalk.com is concerned, we're never relying on anything Ron Borges ever has to say again. Period. Ever. Ever. If he has something that catches our attention, we will work to independently confirm or debunk it before we ever mention it at ProFootballTalk.com. Ever. That's it. That's the scarlet letter. That's the kiss of death he's done. Because this isn't the first time the guys run afoul of the rules. It was 11 years ago he ultimately left the Boston Globe for his notes column that routinely carried with it what I call a license to plagiarize material in this story, was gathered from wire services, other beat writers, league and team sources, blah, 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 and no attribution was ever given. That's how I first became aware of the guy. Somebody in the business reached out to me and said, hey, have you read Ron Borges' Sunday Notes column in the Boston Globe? And I said, who's Ron Borges? Well, Rob, Ron Borges was a guy at the time who had the Sunday column in the Boston Globe, had the long, you know, and it was, you know, a lot of stuff, bullet points, information, and never was attribution given. And I can't say never, I don't know, but I can't verify that every single Sunday it was never given, but I can verify the first time I read his column, I thought, there's no attribution. He had three items that only we had in one column, and I reached out to him, and yeah, the conversation didn't go very well. He didn't like being called out. So when he finally was suspended by the Globe and ultimately left the Globe due to one specific incident of plagiarism, I remember thinking, look, he's been doing this forever. He just finally got caught. It finally became a big deal. It finally hit somebody's radar screen that this probably isn't the best way to do business. So he came back from that. The Herald hired him. And now this is strike two, or maybe it's strike three. Because he got into the fight with the boxing writer in 2004. I had forgotten about that. Guy with a neck brace and a cane. Ron Borges got into a fight with the guy. The guy said, you're going to hit a cripple? And Borges suggested that he was faking it. That he's been using that for years. So... Ron, nice knowing you. You're dead to me. At least your career is. I wish you all the best in whatever you do, but don't expect to see your name at ProFootballTalk.com again unless we're reporting upon 
whatever employment decision the Boston Herald ever makes about your future. And that's that. Sorry, seems harsh. Well, you know what? When we rely on bullshit like that, we get dragged into it as well. And I'm not going to pass along a story based upon some fly-by-night operation, some blog I've never heard of, some Twitter account from some schmo. We try to be selective before we pass something along. And if we do pass something along, if we're skeptical as we were in this case, we say so. For example, why is Tom Brady going to threaten to not show up for OTAs? His ultimate hammer is, I'm out. I'm done. There's, there was chatter floating around this week, and I mentioned it today. I hadn't previously mentioned it because I hadn't confirmed it. But there was chatter floating around this week that, that Brady made a power play to, ma- to help them keep McDaniels, that he was going to retire if they didn't keep McDaniels. I don't know that that happened, but there's definitely some talk out there that it happened. That's your power play, not I'm going to skip OTAs. Your power play is I'm going to skip out permanently. So we're skipping out permanently on Ron Borges. All right, I said I don't have a lot of time today, and I want to get to your questions, and there are a lot of them. At Bust the Driver 69, how do you feel about Ed Werder calling you out and then battling with Barstool Big Cat afterwards? First of all, Werder didn't call us out. I know that because I pushed back, and he said, I'm not calling you out. He was calling out whoever it was that catfished Ron Borges. And then he made the mistake of getting into it with Dan Katz, a.k.a. Barstool Big Cat. Yeah, you're not going to win that one. Just don't, don't, don't even try. Free advice, Ed. Don't even try. At Riley TTW, does it make more sense for the Giants to draft Saquon Barkley or a possible successor to Eli Manning in the first round? It really depends on how much longer they want to keep Eli Manning. Eli Manning's under contract for two more years. Pat Shermer, when he was introduced as the new head coach of the Giants, said that he believes Manning has years left in him. And if I'm Manning, I want help for me now with that second overall pick. I think what makes the most sense for the Giants is trade down. Because they got a lot of needs. Trade down, stockpile picks, and wait to go all in on a first rounder until Eli's done. They need to show Eli a little deference and respect. After that cluster fudge that they unveiled during the season when they were going to bench Eli and see what Geno Smith can do. Spoiler alert, nothing. They still don't know what Davis Webb can do. Just wait until Eli's done and then get a quarterback. Worry about it later. Don't try to have a transition. It's not going to be smooth, especially in New York. One of the good things about being in New York, there's a lot of people there. There's a lot of money there. There's a lot of media exposure there. Bad thing about New York, if you have Eli's successor on the roster, it's going to be a mess. You don't want that. It was messy enough when it was Kurt Warner during the donut hole of his career, post-greatest show-offs on turf, when he and Eli were together. That was bad enough. You put Eli and a number two overall pick together, that's not going to be good for anybody. So I'd say trade down. John Marks Media, our friend in Philly, came over to say hello at the set last week in Minnesota, and I appreciate that. What would be a fair trade offer for Nick Foles that would be difficult for the Eagles to pass up? And that's been my take all week. The Eagles should refuse to to trade Nick Foles unless they get an offer they can't refuse. And they'll know it when they can't refuse it. They'll know it when they get it. First-round pick, can't refuse it. Second and a third, probably can't refuse it. Because you got him for one more year, and then he's walking. Right? You're not going to franchise tag him. You're not going to play some... Stupid-ass Washington game where you you try to get cute so you can trade him then. You take your compensatory pick in what would be 2020. 
And then there's another human factor here, and I mention this because there's been so much focus on this concept of emotional intelligence as it relates to Doug Peterson, the coach of the Eagles. Do you, do you try to find a way to let Nick Foles have a landing spot somewhere else as a starter, as a thank you for giving the team its only Super Bowl championship? Do you reward him that way? Or do you say, screw you, you're under contract next year? And what you want to think about is, over the next 10 to 15 years, would you like your team to be a preferred destination for competent veterans who are happy to come in and work with and behind Carson Wentz and know their place and wait for their opportunity and understand that in any given year, they could be the Super Bowl MVP if Carson Wentz gets injured because he says he's not changing his playing style. I think if you take care of Nick Foles, maybe you can get a veteran backup who will come sign with you for less money than he could get elsewhere, and you have another Nick Foles for 2018. That's what they need to ask. So, first-round pick, can't say no. A two and a three, can't say no. A two, maybe you don't say no. A second-round pick for the Super Bowl MVP. But the broader context is they got him for one more year. You take what you can now. You flip him now. And the other thing, too, is if you wait long enough, you may find yourself in a situation where there's a team that's desperate, like the Vikings were two years ago. Teddy Bridgewater's knee implodes. They unload Sam Bradford for a one and a four, and they bump up Carson Wentz. So patience is a virtue. The difference here, though, is they may feel a greater obligation to Nick Foles to let him go somewhere else and get ensconced, get up to speed, win the starting job, and continue to do the things that we saw him do against the Falcons, Vikings, and Patriots in January and into February. Very impressive. Super Bowl MVP with the right coaching. Maybe this is the start of a second phase of a career that could land the guy in the frickin' Hall of Fame. He's already got one Super Bowl MVP. That's more than Ben Roethlisberger has. At... Who is this? At Paul Fitz Dose Dose. As you understand it, is it Donnie's intention to create a league to compete with the NCAA for recruiting, and then he would get to represent players that go to the NFL, and the profit from the league is primarily derived from his agent's commission for representing NFL players? No, no. He's setting up a league that's going to compete with college. It's going to provide young players an alternative where they get paid. I don't think his goal is to represent all of those players. That's not his goal. His goal is to make money running a league that competes with the NCAA, not the NFL, but the NCAA. And I haven't heard anything about that league for a while. Anytime you've got one of these alternative leagues and you don't hear anything about it for a while, either you've been really busy with, you know, football season or there's nothing to hear because it's falling apart. At Paul Fitz Dose Dose, would it be possible for a team with a lot of cap space to structure a contract with a very large first-year salary in lieu of a prorated cap hit for the signing bonus? Yes, that's exactly what the 49ers did with Jimmy Garoppolo. $7 $7 million signing bonus over five years. That works out to $1.4 million per year in proration. $28 million roster bonus fully guaranteed. Chewing up the cap money now. Taking the cap hit now. The only danger with that, you better trust your guy. Because if he flakes out on you later, you can't recoup that money. If he retires on you, if he gets in trouble, you can't recoup that money. If it's signing bonus money, you can get it back. You can get it back. That's one reason to do a large signing bonus. But the large signing bonus creates larger cap charges in the future years. The 49ers have so much cap space, they just decided, you know what, we like this kid, we trust this kid, we're going to give him $28 million this year. 
And if he gets through this year unscathed and decides after 2018, you know what? I've, I've got enough in my pocket. I made $40 million this year. I've done everything I want to do. I'm out. There's nothing you can do. Well, you can get back $5.6 because that's the, the amount that would be left after one year. It's going to go down $1.4 million per year until he gets his five years in. But, but yeah, you can do that. You can do that. And, and that's what happens a lot of times with a player who's subject to an offer sheet franchise tag or transition tag or right of first refusal or restricted free agency, you swoop in with a contract that has a really big cap number this year if the team that currently holds the player's rights can't accommodate that. So there's all sorts of ways to finagle the cap, and it's not uncommon. And sometimes it's smart to dump a lot of the cap charge into this year by using base salary or roster bonus as the way to do it. Sergio D, I haven't heard any chatter about the fact that the Patriots and Colts are scheduled to play this year. Is this an opening week primetime game? No, because the Colts stink. No, no. This is a game you save until later in the season. This game's going to have sizzle no matter what. It's going to have, it's going to have storylines no matter what. But but for right now, we got to assume the Colts got a long way to go. I don't think you make that an opening week primetime game. Watch now, it's going to be the Sunday night opener on NBC. Another one from Sergio D. If you were Bob Lamont, how would you have negotiated the John Gruden, Jack Del Rio situation? Well, you know, here's the problem. If I was Bob Lamont, see, if you're a lawyer, you have to be much more sensitive to conflicts of interest than non-lawyers. Because there are rules of professional conduct, and you can get in serious trouble with the bar association in the state where you practice if you start representing people with competing interests. And when you represent John Gruden, Gruden and Jack Del Rio and Jack Del Rio has the Raiders head coaching job and Mark Davis is intent on trying to hire John Gruden to become the coach of the Raiders and then fire Jack Del Rio. What do you do? The right thing to do in that case, the ethical thing to do, the moment you're contacted by Mark Davis with interest in negotiating with John Gruden, the moment it lands on your radar screen, you say to John Gruden, I can't represent you. Or you say to Jack Del Rio, I can't represent you. You got to pick a horse then. At the latest, you got to pick that horse. Ideally, every one of these coaches would be represented by someone else, but that just doesn't work. It's not. You've got to have somebody with connections. See, Bob Lamont and Jimmy Sexton, and, and that's about it. They end up representing all the coaches because they've got the connections. And they place their coaches. There's a lot of kingmaking going on. There's a lot of puppet mastery that happens. There's a lot of moving of pieces on the chessboard. Well, this guy's ready this year. We're going to hold off on this guy until next year. It's a bigger picture. That's why I don't have an agent. Well, we're going to put this guy at this network and that guy at that network and this here. I don't want to be part of that. I don't want my agenda to get mixed up with someone else's agenda. And I also am perfectly capable of screwing up my own interests without having a third party involved. But that's one of the reasons I refuse to have an agent. Because if you have an agent that has a lot of these people who work for the networks, you become a pawn in a broader game to accumulate as much power as possible and placate and and make happy those who are figuring out who's going to be where and when. At Bored to Death, I'm trying to gain an understanding of Teddy Bridgewater's contract situation. I read that the NFLPA most likely would file a grievance if his contract ends up being told. Has a player's contract been told before? If so, what were the repercussions? My understanding that the way this provision has been applied in the past is that if a player in the last year of his contract doesn't play at all because he's physically unable to play, then his contract is told. 
but that a player who has only missed six games has not had his contract told. Now, I don't know of any specifics in that regard, but that's where the argument's going to be. The collective bargaining agreement says if you miss six games due to being physically unable to perform, your contract is told if you're in the last year of your deal, which applies as written to Teddy Bridgewater. The NFLPA will say that's not the way it's been interpreted and applied by the management council in the past. That's where the fight's going to be, and we'll see how it shakes out. Either way, the clock is ticking. Time is of the essence because... Whatever Bridgewater's status, he needs to know, the Vikings need to know, and everybody else needs to know. A-S-A-F-P. Speaking of time being in the essence, i got to get through more of these. At B-Flow Faux Show, is Patrick Peterson underrated? He has not allowed over 100 yards in coverage for 55 consecutive games. If that's true, then he is underrated. And part of it is he plays for the Cardinals, who were one of the sexy national teams. They were building a great national brand a couple of years ago. They've fallen off since then. But, yeah, Patrick Peterson's great. He says he wants to be the best ever. You got, you got, here's the problem. If you're that good, they don't throw the ball at you. Deion Sanders didn't have a lot of interceptions because he took away half of the field. They didn't throw the ball at him. That's part of the problem. At Mr. Roderickie, Roderick L, Roderick L, I think. Over under on Cousins' contract number wherever he lands, more or less than Jimmy G. If Washington doesn't play that idiotic franchise tag game again, and if they do, he'll get more. He'll get $34.5 million this year. If he hits the open market day one, I think he gets more than Jimmy G. I think his deal averages more than 27.5. I think he's got a chance of getting to 30. We'll see. Because all it takes is two teams. You can have an auction. I said today on PFT Live, they should just distribute those big paddles, have an auction at his agent's office, the only thing is, though, Cousins may take less than what someone else would offer. Like, if you just go to the highest bidder, you're probably going to end up a Cleveland Brown. And I don't know that he wants that. At Grayson Turnbull, what's your favorite storyline other than Kirk Cousins headed into the offseason? Hey, Grayson, you must not be listening to the show. I'm still fascinated by Drew Brees. I know. He's said three or four times now he's staying with the Saints. I know. I know. He's waiting to see what they offer him. There's a number out there somewhere that constitutes an insult to Drew Brees. $1 million, definitely an insult. $5 million, definitely an insult. $10 million, definitely an insult. $15 million, is that an insult? Close. Yeah, probably. Seventeen, kind of insulting. Mike Glennon money. $19 million? No, I'm not really insulted if that's your opener and you're going to go a few million higher. What do you offer... Drew Brees, and what is another team willing to pay? And yes, Tom Condon, his agent, will know. Yes. Yes, he'll know. I think Drew Brees is testing the Saints, and I think there's a chance the Saints misplay this, and it blows up in their face, and he leaves. And I also think there's a chance that they look at their situation and say, we're going to have to rip this Band-Aid off at some point. We get these running backs, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram. We find the right guy. We can pay the right guy a lot less. I, I'd i be shocked if they make that decision, but maybe a little passive-aggressive. They say they want him. Well, you know what? He wants them, and they want him. Why hasn't a contract been done? They got a contract in San Francisco for Jimmy Garoppolo, and he's only played there seven games. No, seven starts in his career. That means five starts for the 49ers, I think. 
B. Flofo Show asks, if I listened to John DiFilippo today on 1500 ESPN, I did not. Sounds like he's not too interested in a stick in the mud. Does this bode well for Teddy and not for Bradford? Is Keenum the hybrid of both? I, I, look, Nick Foles may be the answer. I don't know. And I assume by stick in the mud, you mean a non-mobile quarterback. But I, I don't know. At Terry Gensler 14, are the 49ers next year's version of Philly? They got a lot to do. Look, what they have to do is get enough players so that they can properly run the Kyle Shanahan offense. Kyle Shanahan is not going to say, here are my players, I'm going to design an offense to suit them. He's going to say, here's my system, and we're going to run it with who we have, and we're going to try to get more people to run the offense um, the way I want to run it. Can they get there by this year? We'll see. I don't have a whole lot more time. i got to wrap this up. At B. Flofo Show, who places higher this weekend at Pebble Beach Pro-Am, Tony Romo or Larry Fitzgerald, currently one and two respectively. Probably Romo. Probably Romo. Terry Gensler, 14. Can you read the PFT comment or message? That refers to a fake Donye message he sent me during PFT Live today. He has it on his Twitter page. You can read it there. At Terry Gensler, 14. Can the league find players for actions or language used during championship parades? I kind of hope not. They won't. I don't know that they could, but they won't. They won't. I remember saying a couple years ago, man, you know, anybody else chugging beer out in the middle of the street on a weekday is going to get arrested for drinking in public. And Gronk was celebrated, and people got mad at me for saying that. But it's true, and it applies to anybody in any of these parades is out there guzzling beer. It's like the rules of society and the rules of science get suspended for a day, and that's fine. It's a party. Let people enjoy it. At Terry Gensler 14, do general managers hiring their own head coach get an extra buffer period, specifically the length of the new coach's contract? I don't know that it's a buffer period. The thinking is that in an organization where the GM runs the show, the GM gets at least two coaching hires. But you know what? They brought John Idzik in to run the show in New York, and he got fired right along with Rex Ryan. So it's not a hard and fast rule. And sometimes guys get three. At... Ray Tricia Kochenauer, do the Browns keep the first pick? Do they pick a quarterback with the first rounder, or do they start building their offensive and defensive lines? What does the draft look like for linemen? Hey, man, that's a lot of questions. I don't know if they keep the first pick. I don't know, because they got the first and the fourth. What do you do? There's a lot of steam already about Baker Mayfield. This year's Johnny Manziel, as far as the Browns are concerned, and Jimmy Haslam was in love with Johnny Manziel. Had to have Johnny Manziel. They take Mayfield at one. I was joking the other day on Dan Patrick's show. There's already some people who say they should take a quarterback with the one and the four pick. That way, they're bound to get somebody who can play. That would be a mistake. But you know what? They basically control the board at one and four. It'd be interesting to see what they do. And and I have faith in them now with John Dorsey, Elliot Wolf, Alonzo Highsmith, Scott McLuhan involved. I, I have faith in them now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to quit taking pot shots at the Browns front office. I may reserve the right to take Pot shots at the ownership, at the coaching staff, but the front office, I'm starting to believe. At Terry Gensler 14, my sources say you're going to ESPN. Hashtag Nick in Boston. Today's PFT Live was wildly entertaining, and I know the TV gig is good for business, but radio only behooves the show. Thank you for your input and your observation. I want to get to the point where it's as fun every day on TV as it is when it's just radio. The problem is the TV show needs to be a little bit more produced. And also, it's an extra element when you know that camera is watching everything you do. It's an extra layer of stress. And no matter how many times I do it, knowing that camera's there and you got to play to the camera, it's, it's different. But maybe we'll get there. But I appreciate the input and I appreciate you listening to the program. All right.
at real name Chris, who's conducting the interviews for the Panthers GM while the team is up for sale. You know what? I haven't I haven't been following that story as closely as I should because of Josh McDaniels and everything else that's gone on this week. I'm going to turn my attention to it. I, I think there's some some strange stuff happening between the league office and the Panthers, and we'll see. They may have a a GM in place by the time you guys hear this because it's late Friday afternoon and we know crazy things happen at Friday afternoon, late in the day. This uh, next, oh boy, I just hit the wrong button. Uh, this next question comes from at B. Canelty. Are the Washington NFL franchise still going to draft a quarterback at 13, even though they got Alex Smith? I don't think they would. I don't think they will. I, I don't think there's any point in doing that. They got too many other needs. At Al Swank, is Mahomes the future for Kansas City? Yes. At Cody Diddy Chuck, is 2018 Nick Foles more elite than 2011 Joe Flacco? That's a trick question. Because 2011 Joe Flacco was not the Super Bowl Joe Flacco. So I gotcha. The answer is Nick Foles is more elite. At 61 Athlete, does Kirk Cousins get paid more than Drew Brees this offseason? I think so, yes. The only way Brees has a chance of getting more than Cousins is if Brees hits the open market, and he sounds like he's not going to, but again, I think it's a test. At In Absentia 83, could the Rams have a roster purge to keep their stars in the coming seasons? I think so. They got to pay Aaron Donald. They got to pay Todd Gurley. They got to pay Jared Goff. Goff isn't eligible for a new contract until after this year. Gurley's eligible now. Donald is getting upset. We had all three of them at the Mall of America in Minnesota, you can check out their interviews at profootballtalk.com. At Real Ron Mexico 99, what's your cell number? Well done. At Big Blue Thoughts, who should the Giants target in free agency? That's going to take more time than I have time to think about, and I'm already late. At, sorry, I'm doing this on my phone because my internet sucks today, and I'm hitting the wrong button. At John Freeman KRS, has the Seahawks window closed with Pete Carroll as head coach? No, they still have. Russell Wilson, they're going to rebuild around him, and I think they'll be competitive. At Willation, any truth to the rumor that Nick from Boston is the brother of Manti Teo's ex-girlfriend? Well done. At Talk Chicken, earlier you posted on PFT an article about Adrian Peterson's loan default where you stated 28000 in legal fees for the bank was reasonable. No, I don't, I don't think I meant to say it was reasonable. I, I was joking. I, I, $28,000 in legal fees for a lawsuit? that was never contested? No, I didn't mean to suggest it was reasonable. I was being sarcastic. Talk chicken. Yeah, no, that's, that's uh, obscene that it cost 28000 to file a complaint and pursue a case where Adrian Peterson essentially cried uncle. All right, I'd like to keep going, but I have to be somewhere at 5, so I'm going to call it. We'll do this again on Monday. Thanks, as always, for your time, your participation, your patronage of profootballtalk.com, PFT Live, the PFTPM podcast. It's been a crazy week. It is great to be home. This is the third weekend since Labor Day that I don't have to travel, and I appreciate it. I love what I do. Do not get me wrong. But there is nothing like having a real weekend. Really, this is the first, I know, thank you for your service, this is the first real weekend I've had since really before the preseason began. So... I may drink a little bit tonight, just a little bit, just a little bit. I may sleep in just a little bit, both days. My God, daring to live, sleeping past 6 or 7 a.m. Looking forward to the weekend. You have a great weekend. We'll still be working because it's not really work, posting content at profootballtalk.com. Thanks again, and we will talk soon.